Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, and she's a friend, and her name is Tracy McBeef. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Oh, Tracy is awesome. She actually put together the very first all-female summit, all online. She did it by herself. It was crazy. And I was lucky enough to get to be a, a, one of those, uh, I guess, presenters, if you want to call me that. And it was the coolest thing. It really was. And I will have a link so you can go check it out. Um, you can still access it. How, how much is it now? What was what, what it for? 49 for oh, life? Well, what is it? It is 49. But this week, if this is probably not going to come out this week, but I, yeah, right. it's <laughs> at the moment. I might nah. leave it. It's not very much money at all. It's $25 at the moment, pretty much Australian. So that's even left. Yeah. And, and there's like really awesome presenters too. And so it might be something to check out, but she took this on all by herself. Can you tell <laughs> us, since I brought this up, can you just tell us a little bit about that? What was your experience? What did you learn? And, and like, what, what was the, you know, I guess the, the positive things about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, a huge experience, definitely the highlight of my career, organizing something like that. And it was just kind of dropped into my mind one day, you know, I, I've had, I've got a podcast. I've been doing it for a little while and I was talking to um, a, a low carb GP in Mel, who's also in Melbourne. Um, and she, um, and I were talking about the fact that in the low carb space, it's very male dominated and there's, you know, look, they've done such great work. Um, but it's usually men in suits getting up there telling predominantly women what to eat. And wouldn't be, it be great if one day there was a much more a female-focused type of thing? And, you know, I said, yeah, of course. But, you know, it didn't even occur to me that, um, you know, maybe I could organise something like that. We're just saying it would be nice and it was definitely an, an area. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, you know, I kind of just woke up one morning and you know how things just inspiration, it kind of just drops. And, you know, when you know how it works and when you trust that there's something bigger than you at play here, that, that ideas will come and that you don't have to question it. You don't have to sit there and go, oh, gosh, I can't do that. Or, you know, or why would I do something like that? You know, like I didn't question it. I had this idea and it came to me to do an online one. And this is before COVID, you know, like there was none of this happening then, um, you know, but I just thought I could actually... Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if I could put together something that was all online, like a three-day summit type thing? Um, you know, and I just thought, okay, I'm not going to think beyond my terrible technology capacity. You know, I've got no idea about technology. I'm, I do have an 18-year-old son in my pocket, which is great. But um, I didn't think too much about that. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. Because of my podcast, I had a lot of contacts, female. And I thought... Let me see if there's interest. And I did. I sent an email out. I said, look, I've had this idea. What do you think? Would you be keen to be involved? Oh, my goodness. I was overwhelmed. Yes. Yes. Please do that. Yes. What a great idea. 100% off speak. Um, and I thought, right, I'm going to do it. And I just literally took it one step at a time. And I did do it by myself. As I said, it was, um, it was, it was really big. Would I do it again? Maybe not. But, you know, it was just such a huge learning experience, overwhelmingly positive. 
Um, and, you know, look, there was a few technical issues I did have to get my son to help me with, but I learned so much. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just wonderful. It was amazing. And I had 3000 people at one point online watching it live over the weekend. It was just phenomenal. And the feedback afterwards was incredible. Um, yeah, so amazing. And had I, I guess, you know, we create a lot of um, self-talk and beliefs about what we can and can't do. And had I paid attention to a lot of that, I never would have done it. And even now I look back and think, oh, wow, how did you do it? You know, you have those experiences where it was kind of like an out-of-body experience. Um, but you do it when you focus on one thing, one day at a time, one step at a time, it just all comes together. And, and while you're doing it, it just feels like you're just taking one little step, but then it becomes this big thing that, yeah, it was, it was great. It was amazing. Well, I am very impressed, girlfriend, because I'm going to tell you, I did my own website and that was huge for me because I am so not technical. So to take on something like that and you consider yourself not technical either, oh, I, I can't even imagine. So kudos to you and y'all, you really should check it out because they are some wonderful person, presenters and it, it was a, a really well done summit. So check it. I'll put it below. So it's all good. Anyway, well, I kind of just jumped all over a bunch of stuff, but you know, since I had brought it up, but can you tell us a little bit of what you do right now? You consider yourself to be a mind and body um, health coach. What exactly does that mean? And how does that work in your everyday life? Like how, how do you, you know, deal with your clients, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mind and body coach um, to me is that is it's for overall health. We need to look at both, you know, like for so long in my career, I was just body, you know, I was a personal trainer um, and then I became a, a health coach and I didn't learn any of the mind stuff while I was studying, you know, this was all on, on the job thing. And what happened was I would start to see women. I would speak to women who had years of habitual emotional eating or just dysfunctional relationships with food and you know a lot of these women sitting in front of me had a better knowledge of nutrition than I did you know they they didn't you know need me to help them with the what to eat it was the other stuff you know and it was like a huge piece of the puzzle missing for me um and of course that took me down a huge path where I I you know I was like right I've, I've got a there's something missing here there's something I'm missing um, and I didn't really know at the time, you know, that there was a lot missing in me, you know, like I didn't have the answers for a lot of the things that I was still experiencing. And, um, and in terms of, you know, how that's brought me to now, it is, it is mostly the mind stuff that I do now. And I'm not a psychologist and I don't think you need to be a psychologist because my job is just increasing awareness. My job is I can sit there in front of my client and I can see their potential. I can see see where what they're capable of I can see what every human being is capable of because I know the gifts that we are born with and I see how habitual thoughts limiting beliefs what other people think of us what other people tell us how that gets in the way of us getting where we want to be with our health um, so yes yeah, so um, I guess and I'm playing with changing it to a transformational coach because I think that's kind of what I do. I help women to transform to their true potential. Um, and food is a big part of it. Definitely a big part of it because obviously what we eat affects how we feel. 
-hmm. And when we can fix that up, you know, we get a lot of, you know, that brain fog lift, we get a lot of clarity, we get a lot more energy. And then of course it flows a lot from there. But what, what I see happen so much is just those connections that we have made with food around our feelings and our emotions. And unless we confront those and deal with those and see that we can shatter those, that they're not concrete, it will keep us from getting to where we want to be. I could not agree more with you. And what you're saying about the mind part being a lot of the coaching, I find that with my coaching too. And mm -hmm. it's not the diet that most people have the issue with. It's the mind part. And that's what I'm finding myself more and more having to help them with. So I'm like branching out kind of like what you did. And I'm getting more and more education on that so that I feel more confident and, and know that I'm kind of approaching it in the correct manner. And, uh, you know, I have my experience and I know how I, you know, I dealt with it and, and what I felt, but I want, you know, just more. So I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. And, and there's so much more to it. Like you said, the diet is huge but there's so much more to it. And mm. speaking of that, I'm going to get a little <laughs> personal with you because I think okay. it's kind of important. You struggled with emotional eating and also like an alcohol habit. You want to discuss, discuss that a little bit? Uh, I, I think, yeah. you know, a lot of people struggle with the same thing. And yeah. I did. And I think um, I didn't want to know it for a very long time. You know, I think we tell ourselves, this is, this is part of what I do. So we tell ourselves a lot of stories to justify the behaviors that we do. And it can be very confronting to, um, to, to become aware of it and to acknowledge it and to see that, okay, well, the end of the day, I want to be here, but if I keep doing behaviors that are taking me over here, well, I'm never going to get here. So I have to have, you have to have courage. It's, you know, really the main ingredient is courage to confront what's going on and the behaviors of, you know, that you're building around you. And, you know, look, I have five children and I have been through a divorce and I've had a, you know, a, a chronic illness when I was younger in my twenties and all these factors that, um, I guess, play out with how we, what we create, the behaviours that we create and the, and the coping mechanisms that we create around what we do. And for me, yeah, it definitely was the drinking and the, you know, the chocolate every night. Um, but because I was younger, I was younger too, and I was a personal trainer. So, you know, it didn't become an issue until it became an issue. So when I hit 40 and, you know, then my health started to turn and, I, I, you know, I found low carb, I changed my diet, I went down that rabbit hole and learnt and it's like, you know, wow, why on earth am I in my job telling people to eat low fat and eat six times a day and all these healthy whole grains? Oh my gosh, I mean, that was a huge thing and sugar, of course. Um, and then, but the other side of it took a little bit longer because I didn't have the answers for myself then in terms of the, you know, five o'clock came. So my habit, five o'clock, I looked at the clock and I told myself, you've had a tough day with the kids, you're tired, you deserve it. And it just, I didn't have any other awareness other than that. And I was like, I had a short, you know, when you tra you're training a dog and you have them on a very short leash to just help them. That's, I felt like I was on that and my thoughts and my 
the leash were dragging me around on that short leash all the time. So in that moment, I felt like I had no choice. No choice whatsoever. There was no other option. The other options were just too painful. I wasn't even going to go there. So, you know, for over 10 years, I kind of did that. Then, of course, with my work and starting to see what my clients were, the issues that they were having were very similar to mine. And I'm like, you know, that was like, okay, this is, there's got to be more to the story. And yeah, so going down the path of learning how habits are created in the brain, um, you know, how we work as human beings and the fundamental gifts that we have within, you know, things like resilience and confidence and stuff. That's not stuff we have to learn. We actually have that. And all that gets in the way is all this, this stuff that goes on in this little computer brain we've got, which is an amazing organ. Yeah. But it <laughs> tricks us. It yeah. tricks us. And until I saw, um, until someone said to me, you know, you do have a choice in that moment. And I'm like, really? You know, like it was literally that. In any given moment, we have a choice. But if we don't see we have a choice, we don't feel we have a choice. And just someone saying to me, you know, you have a choice. You can sit with the discomfort of the urge. This is what's going on in your brain. This is what you've innocently created. Now that, your brain's just doing what you've created. And it's going to keep doing that. It's going to keep coming up. But you know what? You, haven't, you don't have to give in to it. You can ride through that. It may be uncomfortable. And it was physically uncomfortable. I felt it in my body. And I don't, I mean, I don't have the urges now. They've, they've gone. But for, it took a while. You know, they would still come up. But, you know, I'd just say, Tracy, you're okay. Even though you feel that you're not, and even though your body is screaming at you to go and do that habit, you don't have to do it. You, you're okay. What are you going to do instead? Where are your kids? Go and do something. You know, like something would just occur to me to do instead. So it took my mind off it. It switched my thinking around. And all, you know, eventually as, as what happens, it goes and goes up and then it drops off. And I was like, okay, it's passed and I haven't done it. And every time I didn't do it, I got more empowered. I felt stronger. I can do this. But of course, sometimes I did give in because sometimes, you know, we do, you know, in, in that moment, it might've just been three nights of no sleep with my kids. My kids might've been something might have, my husband was at work, whatever. And, you know, I did have times when I would, do it but you know what and what I've seen and what I've learned is that that's going to happen and we're all human beings and what I said to myself in that mattered most if I if I told myself well you're weak you're not disciplined um you know what's the point now you might as well just go on the back on doing that every night you know like whatever yep. it is we tell ourselves is what's going to matter in that moment and I learned to say you know what Tracy it's okay so what, in that moment, you didn't feel like it, you had that choice again, just momentarily, I forgot. But tomorrow, I do have a choice. And, you know, those few, few little hiccups that happen, you know, just seem like, it seems like a world away now for me and a completely different person. And I didn't go through any, you know, there was no feeling like I was, that's the other thing, you feel like, you know, that you're broken, that I was diseased, that I had a problem. When I started, when I, the people that helped me helped me to see that it's the other way. Let's look at it the other way. You're not, you're not broken. You're not diseased. You are actually like everybody beautifully created with all these gifts. You've just forgotten it. 
I love that. I, I very much remember even saying it out loud that I was broken. I was just broken. Mm. And, you know, this close to just going, I'm destined. This is my destiny. I'm going to just be fat, uh, depressed, and unhealthy. And there's, it's, you know, no longer something I can fix, you know, that, that close. <laughs> so I get that. Heart. Yeah, I, I, know. I know. It's so yeah. common. Yeah. I can't tell you the women that sit in front, and you would have this too in your work, you know, it just breaks my heart how we see ourselves like that. It's so common. Yeah. And, and, it, and you know, when you, because you experienced it yourself and you know that feeling, that hopeless, that helpless feeling. And like I said, when, when I am coaching my clients, most of the time it is the mental thing. And that's a lot of it because they feel like they're at that last thing. This is the last thing I'm going to try. This, this is it. I, I, I'm just done because I don't know what else to do. And I, I feel so crummy, you know, and I've had some that have brought me to tears, just literally brought me to tears. Mm -hmm. And because I know that feeling and it's a horrible feeling. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that you got over that and, and able to work that through because it is the most liberating thing. Would you not agree? It, it's yeah, like, you know, you completely. have this monkey on your back and you're like off and it feels yeah. amazing. Yeah. And it literally is that, you know, like that's part of, you know, what I talk, I talk about is this lizard brain that we have, which is actually a part of our brain that creates these habits. And that's, it is like a monkey on your back. Yeah. But I teach, you know, I show women, you can distance yourself with that lizard it's like the backseat driver. So it's sitting in the backseat, barking instructions at you, telling you what to do, telling you going too fast, too slow, no go here, you're worthless, whatever it is it's telling you. But at the end of the day, we're in the front seat with our hands on the wheel and our foot on the accelerator. So the control lies with us. We can tell it to shut up. We can, we can break up with it. You know, but I didn't know that until somebody told me that. You know, and I, I, I thought whatever that lizard brain or that backseat driver said to me was me, was real, was true. You know, there was no arguing. Well, then that's just it. That's, you know, but it's not. It's just this function that we have in our brain that allowed us to survive, allowed us to evolve, allowed us to, you know, to, to you know, in times when, you know, survival was tough. You know, but of course, it, we haven't, it hasn't evolved to our modern day world, you know, and so it's by a long understanding time. that, no, but amazing when we can understand it, like it just stops having, you don't have to fall for its tricks anymore. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, yeah, it's a process. It's definitely a process. And, and it's Absolutely. something, you know, you got to take one step at a time. And I think yeah. people just just think that, oh, well, just fix me and, and I'm good. But it, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it takes a while. I mean, you know, and I'm still, you know, learning and changing and evolving and trying to overcome still some things that you know were in my past so that's just something that I think you know you, you have to continually work on it's not just something oh it's fixed it's done I'm good you know it it doesn't work quite that way okay well you mentioned that you are uh, you were for 12 years a personal trainer now I'm really curious because during that time I 
I'm pretty sure you weren't on the keto carnivore train. So how did that whole thing evolve? How did it go? What were you telling your clients? What were you recommending? Mm. Mm. Oh my Lord. Wow. Not very good. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm definitely trying to fix um, the bad advice that I have given out, you know, but I didn't know better either. Right. That was what I was taught. And sadly, you know, it's still the prevailing message that is given today. I mean, personal trainers in Australia are not um, actually technically allowed to give nutrition advice. They do. Uh, the, the small nutrition component we learn in our study is um, the dietary guidelines, basically. And they do are at pains to say, if you teach outside that, teach um, anyone a fad diet, and they mention fads, and they mention low carb, and they don't mention vegan, however, but they do mention low carb or paleo or anything like that, then you are at risk of being, um, you know, delisted and you can get into trouble. Now, I think a lot of people just ignore that. They still do it anyway. Yeah. But um, it was actually, yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, six meals a day, keep your metabolism high, low fat, healthy whole grains, you know, don't come to the training having not eaten a banana or something before you train. Um, just all the, the complete, wrong stuff I told for years but that's what I practiced as well um, until I hit 40 and then everything I'd had my fourth child I couldn't lose the weight I just was living in a it felt like a hangover every day I mean mind you I was drinking the wine as, as well but it was different you know I had that on top of it as well it was just every day was very very um, it was a struggle just to do what I needed to do to look after my kids and my family and with my work so I I was I was in a gym for a long time, but after I had my third, I can't remember, but I set up my own studio. So I was able to work around my kids, but for quite a long time, I couldn't go back to work after I had, plus I was fat. I was like, you know, I, I can't be a personal trainer and stand there and tell people, you know, like clearly I'm not doing something right. What's going on here? Um, but it was, and it was actually a client of mine uh, told me about this book, um, it's an Australian author, David Gillespie, wrote a book called Sweet Poison, which was about the perils mm. of sugar. I mean, that was the first book I read that I was like, wow, um, you know, huge. And so I, you know, I started, I cut out sugar. It did, worked a little bit, but then, you know, a couple of years into it, I realised there was a missing piece of the puzzle. And then, you know, we found, my husband and I found Professor Tim Noakes and mm. we, yeah. you know, we went further from there. But of course, during this time, I'm like, well, how am I going to continue to tell people what to, you know, I, it was just going very much against now what I believed. I couldn't, you know, get a, uh, I just couldn't justify it. I did it for a couple of years and I kind of just said, look, you know, this is what we're kind of supposed to say, but let me tell you what's worked for me. So, how, you know, consider looking at sugar and, you know, processed foods and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, I thought, you know what, I need to start health coaching is, you know, where I need to start getting into. And so I, I went down the path of, of doing that. And yeah, then I stopped, I thought, no, I'm stopping the personal training and just focusing on the health coaching side of things. But yeah, like I, I'm, you know, I'm acutely aware that I'm trying to make up for, you know, years of, <laughs> of the wrong advice, but you know, it's just it's very sad. As I said, you walk outside the bubble of of people, you know, your tribe, your network, you know, people that do believe um, and have, you know, seen the light. You walk outside the door and most people still have 
absolutely no idea. Mm. Yep. Yep. And, and, and they're, you know, so married to the guidelines because it is force fed to us from doctors to TV commercials to, you know, what's said on the box of the product, you know, whole wheat, you know, heart healthy, low fat, you know, like, like it's this whole big thing. And I'm even celebrities, you know, even on TV, you know, they make little comments like, oh, I can't have that because, you know, red meat's bad and, you know, stuff like that. And, And I just cringe and I'm like, oh my God. Well, no wonder it's so hard for people to wrap their mind around that. I was one of those people. I was Mm. for God, for most of my life. I was a margarine eater, you know, and butter. Oh my God. No, you can't have that saturated fat bacon. Oh no, no, no. You don't have bacon. You know, Ooh, don't eat too much red meat either. Ooh, eat lots of, of the, the whole grains, you know, so I bought into that too. So I get it. And it is kind of this radical idea. And speaking of radical ideas, you have kind of had, uh, uh, you kind of merged into carnivore. I want to mm-hmm. hear your experience so far. It's still pretty new to you. Um, don't, don't, don't talk about the CGM yet because I'm going to ask that after. Okay. Because I want to hear about that too. But just kind of talk about, number one, why did you decide to kind of go more carnivore? Um, and uh, what has the experience been like? What have you noticed in the improvements? any bad stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So a um, number of reasons why, you know, I, I think I've been very curious, you know, I've followed you. I've, I've looked at you and Sean Baker and a lot of other people for a few years now. And my husband's the same. Um, and I think it was just a matter of um, I was ready, you know, like I, I did the low carb and then the keto or well, sugar first and low carb then keto. And, you know, it was kind of like um, there's just, there's just so much I'm reading about this now that I need to, I need to give it a go. And cause I, for myself, I got to a point where I, I lost weight, but I couldn't lose my, like I just stopped and I had still a quite bloated stomach and my chest has never gone down. And, um, you know, like I, I kind of, my husband, he doesn't care, but I do. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> It's like, why? Why? Other people, that's where they lose. Why? They take from my legs and I have these little skinny legs. And yet, that, where do you think anything comes up? They're not here. I'm like, okay, whatever. I was, I'm destined. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah, so I think I could have sort of, with my stomach, I was kind of like, well, you've had five kids, you know, like, you're not going to have a, you know, and I had, I had four cesareans, which means I've got a lot of scar tissue down there as well. Yeah. So I had two emergencies and then the last two was, they won't even let you try. So yeah, a lot, lot, lot of stuff in there, but, um, you know, I eventually realized that there's a difference between, um, the soft, spongy, the soft, soft, spongy, pudgy stuff. That's Okay. But I had a had some hard stuff. So I mm-hmm. still had quite a bit of hard stuff around my middle. And yeah, I just thought, look, I'm going to give it a go. But also I've, had, I've got a couple of clients with um, irritable bowel. And they've been seeing um, a gastroenterologist in Sydney called Dr. Pran Yoganathan. And he's been putting them on carnivore. He's a really big fan as a gastroenterologist of the effects of the carnivore diet. And I really wanted to be able to do this with them. And I have to be in a position where I understand 
because I don't do dietary plans. That's not my job. But I want to understand the benefits and really feel what the benefits could be. So, yes, I started. So I'm about day 25 or 6. Um, I thought I'll just do 30 days. And I was kind of halfway there. Like my first meal I changed a couple of years ago to just being protein and fat. And then I had my veggies with my dinner. And then after dinner, I'd have a couple of bits of dark chocolate. So in my mind, or I might have some berries and cream or, you know, in my mind, I didn't think I had that much to go, but I have actually found I had quite a few symptoms. So I've had, I have had a bit of the um, upset stomach um, and it's kind of gone one way or the other. Like it, it hasn't settled down now yet, um, but I have, I'm up to about five centimetres gone from my waist. Wow. So that is huge after years. And then I told my husband, please, can I have a, like a tummy bag? And of course, I'm joking. I, I wouldn't. But I was like, I, I, I'm really fit. I'm le- like, I've got great muscle. You know, I train. I don't do a lot. Of, I don't do a huge amount of running now, but I do a lot of weights. Um, and I eat so well. I just feel like it's letting me down. This, what's going on here? And now I feel like I'm finally, you know, um, that's just been, that's been fantastic. I'm so awesome. pleased with that. And my chest has gone down a little bit too. But oh, I'm having a, Yes, yes, which is great. But I've had a few interesting skin things come up. My, I've, I've had a little bit of redness that's gone, but I've had a bit of itchy and a few skin. So I'm sort of detoxing, I think, a little bit through my skin, which has been interesting. Um, do you want me to share about what I discovered a couple of days ago? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm saving that. I'm going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so that's, that's how I, where I am at the moment. And, um, I actually, yeah, I just spoke to Michelle Doka, the, um, you know, naturopathic. Love her. Yes. (laughs) She's fantastic. So I'm going to get, she's going to help me with, um, you know, how I sort of go along this journey and, and see what happens. So at the moment, I'm not sure. Um, I've actually got to take out eggs now. I was having eggs. So I was having eggs mm. with my meat and I was having um, still a little bit of dairy, but we're going to even take that out now and, and yeah. really go to basics. Yeah. Uh, the, well, I can't wait to hear how all that goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I am like really intrigued with everybody who, who is doing the experiments with the CGMs, continuous glucose monitor for those who don't mm. know. And I, it, it is to me so valuable and, you know, to, to actually know first, I mean, just bam right away how a food affects you because as you know, food affects people differently just because something jacks my blood sugar up may not necessarily do it to you. And so Mm -hmm. it is excellent information to know or to have confirmed something that you can't kind of think you already know. So Mm -hmm. I'm really curious, what did you find that was kind of shocking to you? And what did you have that you already knew and have it confirmed? Mm. Um, so yeah, interesting. I, I think, um, I was really pleased. So what I did, I had the two weeks, so you have it for two weeks and I was, I did a one week where I just ate my, I wasn't carnivore then. So it was my my straight, um, keto, if you like lifestyle. Um, and then I did a week where I played around a little bit. So I was really pleasantly, you know, I was happy with, 
um, the first week. Interesting, like my baseline was actually below normal, which um, I've since discovered that's quite common. Obviously, I'm making fat. My body's mostly fueling off fat, and it's not uncommon to have a lower than baseline. It just kind of sat. It was really lovely. It was so steady. Cool. Even uh, fasted training, it only really a tiny bit. Obviously, if my body had to make some glucose, it did a little bit with that, but it didn't hang around much. It came back down. Um, I did in that first week try a low-carb bar. My little boy, my five-year-old, loves these Atkins bars. <laughs> I mean, they're all, but see, they're all marketed as low-carb. I'm like, oh, you know oh, what? Yeah. I like it, so I'm going to have one and see what happens. Spiked. So absolutely, that was the only spike in that first week from having that. Otherwise, wow. nothing, nothing. You know, even in the morning I had my coffee with cream with a bit of collagen. There was nothing. It was just, yeah, it was really lovely. I enjoyed that first week so much and I just felt that, yeah, you know, obviously I kind of knew I'd had recent blood tests anyway. I knew I was metabolically healthy. I know I'm fat adapted. I, you know, my energy levels are really good anyway. Um, so I didn't, you know, I would have been surprised if there was, you know, too much movement there. But so that was the first week. That was great. And then actually one of my colleagues, I work with a GP, we run a, um, a, um, a lifestyle change program, a live carb program together. And she said to me, you know what, you should do the dietary guidelines, the healthy eating plate for a week and see what happens. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not a bad idea. Why don't I do that? Blah, blah, blah. Because she's, she's a dietitian as well as a GP. So she said, I'm going to write you a plan that a dietitian would, a normal dietitian would write oh, someone who wants wow. to be healthy. <laughs> Yeah, so she did. She wrote it. And you know what? I looked at it and I'm like, no way can I do this for a week. I knew straight away I wouldn't be able to do it for a week. I, and then I thought, you know what? I'll do it for a, a few days and see what happens. Anyway, in the end, I just did it for one day. The experiment was just, I, I haven't felt so crap in such a long time. It just was just, it was terrible. It was an awful day. And I was actually stressed shopping. So I had to write my shopping list and, of course, go and buy stuff I haven't bought for years. And I was finding myself <laughs> getting quite anxious about it. I bet. And my blood sugar went up. It went up. So that I was bet. Like, yep, yep. That's interesting uh, to mm -hmm. see yep. that, that how, how bad stress can affect you. Anxiety yep. and all that. Yeah, yep. interesting. Yep. Yeah, so I, I did it for a day. So I just ate, you know the healthy cereal, low fat milk, you know, I ate six times a day. So the snack for healthy apple, um, you know, two pieces of whole grain bread with oh. salads and, oh, and my blood sugar. All day. All day. And I, I couldn't get off the couch. And by the, by the time I got to dinner, I was starving. Because I hadn't eaten number one enough calories, but I also hadn't eaten enough nutrients. Like I just, you know, there was hardly any meat. I had salmon. I was told to have salmon for for lunch, a little bit of tin, like a tin of salmon. But I was starving, and my head was felt like my whole body felt like it was going to explode. My head hurt, and I just said, I, "My kids are like, mummy, what's wrong?" <laughs> like, well, I'm just doing some experiments, but that's it. I just did one day. I thought, no, I can't do any more. Wow. So I reset the next day um, and I actually felt okay the next day. I was expecting to have a little bit of, you know, my blood sugars were a little bit up and down, but because I fasted till dinner, um, but they, it was pretty good. I actually felt all right. I had, my energy was fine and 
And then I just tried like a few odd bits. So I tried some porridge. Because I used, up until I was 40, every morning I would have oats, low-fat milk, banana, honey, sultanas, and a glass of orange juice. That was my breakfast. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, so I tried that, but I didn't put the sultanas or the, um, I put a little bit of honey, quarter of a banana, low-fat milk and the oats, but a smaller amount than what I would have eaten in the past. I didn't have the orange juice or the sultanas. I kind of forgot about Ooh. that. <laughs> And, uh, but that was the huge, that went the highest, that was higher than anything I'd done on that trial wow. day. They went to 10.5 or something. It just skyrocketed. Wow. And within an hour, it had come back down. It was heading below. Like I was just, wow. it was just incredible. It was incredible. But that was healthy stuff. What I know. You must be broken because that mm -hmm. is healthy. Everybody knows that's healthy. <laughs> I know. I didn't eat anything that would be considered junk food. That's what I really want. You know, that was the biggest thing I wanted to show. You know, there was nothing I was eating that was considered unhealthy. You know, this wow. is what people told to eat. Now, now you might, you know, there was, you could argue that going from low carb keto for seven years to doing that, well, there's going to be, and it, you know, of course my body is probably yeah. going to overreact a little bit. But that's the, I want the pattern. I want to show people this, this mm -hmm. pattern. So, you know, yes, blood sugar, obviously glucose is important, but we want to know how our insulin is working now. Yes. It's not testing insulin, but you can see from that how your insulin is working. You get a really good guide. So if it goes up and it stays up for a long time, your insulin's struggling. So yep. for me, it was good. Like I did go up and I did come straight down, mm -hmm. which meant I felt, you know, I had that, I had to balance those lows and those highs, you know, like <laughs> low, you know, they don't call it a roller coaster for nothing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I knew like my insulin, I know my insulin works well. So that was, you know, but, but for other people, if you're, if you're going up, you know, and it stays up and takes like two hours before it starts to come down, mm -hmm. that's a big indication yeah, that insulin not isn't good. working yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Yes, I want it. That's, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Now, in Australia, do you have to have a prescription to have one or no, really? I wonder no, why in you the can world. Buy them and, online. Wow. So what's the deal with the U.S.? Why do you think? Is it just like a, a money thing that it needs to be controlled or something? I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting because since, um, so I did it with a client, of, an old client, now friend, because she was the one. She said, I want to do it. And she said, will you do it with me? And I said, yeah, okay. So she, we did it together. And then posting about it, it was interesting. One of my girlfriends is a low-fat, um, low-carb dietitian. And she's also starting to become a diabetes educator. She goes, Tracy, I'm going to do it too. And then she said to me, because she started doing it and posting about it. And she said, someone said to her, you know, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing this unless you're diabetic. And she said, what do you think? I said, rubbish. You know what? People are just scared of, the, of what's going to come from this. I think there is mm -hmm. a, a bit of a, um, you know, what are we going to see here that you can't unsee? Because it's data, right? Now, you can justify any way you like, as we do, what, you know, what to take from that. But when you look at that as raw data, you, you can't hide behind that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why it's, prescription only over there i'm surprised because wouldn't they you know they love making money don't they so you know I, d I don't know maybe it will change here too if it gets to the point where they're running out 
you know, because obviously we, you need type 1 and type 2 diabetics definitely need it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to do one over two weeks, it could change your life. See, that is what I think too. I think if more people had that uh, chance to, to do that and see in, in real time what is going on, so there is no doubt in their mind because they'll be, oh, well, it doesn't affect me. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. without, you know, being super in tune to your body and, and if you've been eating that way, of course, you're not going to be. So, you know, you mm -hmm. don't know what's going on in your body necessarily. And you think it's completely normal. But when you mm -hmm. see that, oh my gosh, I think it would open so many eyes. Now I'm not saying that it would necessarily change people because like you just said, people don't want to have to deal with that. So, you know, they, they don't want to have to confront that they might have to change the way they're eating you know for some reason that's yeah, just that's a pretty big confronting thing though it is that's, that's true and that's true as i said you know no one's going to change until they're ready to change right you know until they're ready to to let go of a lot of this and stop making up excuses whatever i mean that's why it's you can only do what you do you can't you know if someone's ready they're not ready um but but that's pretty confronting you know like you know you can test after a meal right with just like the little one yeah but to see it continuously for 24 hours you know it, it's yeah it, it's pretty hard to hide behind it I think yeah I'm gonna do it I'm just curious because mm -hmm. uh, you know so many people have done it and I was like I want to document this too and show how things affect me because you hear so many people oh a banana's not gonna hurt you it's natural um, well, I've used the, like you said, the little, you know, single test ones, and I can tell you what a banana does to me. I know what it does to me. <laughs> and so, you know, to have something that you can actually, you know, see the whole day through would be really cool because those little test strips are expensive, you know, mm -hmm. having to keep doing it over and over to get a good baseline and reading and, you know, continuous through the whole day. That's a lot. Plus you have to keep yeah, poking yeah. yourself, you know, yeah. did that hurt <laughs> the, the little thing that goes in into your arm hurt at all? I was just curious about that. Not at all. No, I had that question. Interesting. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, no, there's like, it comes with like a, um, applicator thing so you basically uh -huh. just put it on it sticks in there's a I saw when you take it off you see there's like a, a tiny it's like a needle it's not a needle because it's not hard it's like uh -huh. almost like a mozzie I reckon like a mozzie bite stinger and it just kind of sits in obviously it has to get to your blood because it's reading you know uh -huh. so I had a little tiny bit of blood come out when I first put it in uh -huh. um but then nothing, you don't even know it's there. Like I just occasionally I might knock it when I was taking oh. my, my top off or something and I'm like, oh, is it still there? But nothing budged it. You know, I'd shower, I trained, I did everything with it on, I slept with it on. It was all, you know, you didn't even know it was there and then got to the end of the two weeks and my girlfriend and I were like, how do you take it off? Do you know how to take it off? And we're like, oh, Google, you know, and you just basically take it off. It comes straight off. So, that's yeah. so cool. I'm going to do it. Now, in, in the U.S., um, mm. there are a few places, and I know this one company called, I think it's called New, New uh, Sensio or something like that, and I'll look it up and I'll put it below, um, that you, you can actually go through them and get one, and um, they, they offer a program that goes with it. I, I guess that's why they can do that. I, I don't exactly know all the mm. details, but I've been meaning to do that. It's kind of on my wish list, but um, I'll, I'll put the information below because I, I think, you know, people really should see this. I think it, it, it is so informative. And, and any, any way you can learn more about your body, 
not somebody else in yeah. your body, the more 100%. empowering that is. And you know mm -hmm. how to approach things and, and you understand. So the next time you want to, you know, grab that banana and chow down on it, you maybe in the back of your mind, you're seeing that grapple. <laughs> and then, you know, number one, what you're going to feel like number two, what it's doing to your body. So mm -hmm. I think, I think that is so cool. And I'm, I'm jealous, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I am. Okay. So to make sure we don't run out of time, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, okay, you went to what a functional therapy doctor here in the, yeah. what, the last day or whatever, two days, whatever it's been. Uh, and yeah. what did you find out? Mm. Well, I went to a, uh, in Australia, their functional uh, nutritional, something like that, functional doctors. So they're GPs. They've done their medicine. They've done medical training, but then they go on and do become a functional doctor. So they look at the, they're looking at the root cause of things and trying mm -hmm. to, you know, but they, they are very worthwhile, but they generally have a very different philosophy. So um, in terms of, you know, they're a lot, very big on plant-based and using, you know, the rainbow and things to treat things. The rainbow. Yeah. But I was also aware if I just went to my normal GP that they might, I might not get the test that I needed. So what was kind of happening with me was I felt like I was maybe starting to go into menopause. So I start, started to get really mild, but I, you know, like I wasn't sleeping as well as I was. I was, felt like I was having a few hot flushes, um, uh, you know, other bits that we won't need to go in here, but other, you know, lady things were changing. And mm -hmm. I sort of thought I'd listened to a podcast by Dr. Peter Atia, the Drive podcast, and he had spoken to um, a lady called uh, Carol um, Tavis, Tavis and another person. They, they did a whole episode on estrogen. So estrogen matters and stuff and how it's so important. And, you know, really it's a myth that estrogen causes cancer, but it's, it's just such a, and you know, you know, with women, we tend to, you know, so men have a very gradual de decline of testosterone, but for women, it kind of just goes it drops very yeah. quickly, which is why we can experience these symptoms. So I thought, yeah. you know, I actually need to go and see if maybe this is happening. So, yeah, I found a lady down the road who was that, and you know, it cost me a fortune, which is very, you know, frustrating to think that as women, you know, you know, mm -hmm. certainly in Australia, we can't get the tests that we need unless we spend a whole lot of money to right. get them. But for me, it was kind of like, okay, I don't have money, you know, my husband isn't working, you know, we've got, you know, money, but my health is really important to me, so it was is worth doing it. Anyway, the tests came back, so I went and saw her and had to get all the tests and. She looked me over and, you know, I'd had a recent blood test where my, to look at my metabolic health and she was just like amazed. It was, you know, you're, you're clearly very healthy. Clearly you've done a lot. She said, you know, it's interesting. Let's check and see if what's going on. She said, I want to look at your thyroid, do it. She did a complete. So, you know, most doctors will just do T, T like a, a couple of thyroid tests. They don't do a complete one. So you can miss. It's like not when you go and get tested for, you know, how insulin resistant you are, they don't test the insulin, they test the glucose, but right. the insulin is going to give you the information that you need much earlier. Right. So the same with the thyroid, you need to get a complete panel and most of them won't do it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I went and I, I got tested and um, yeah, I had got, went and got the results the other day. And um, well, good thing is I'm not in menopause, haven't started, clearly very, you know, fine with all of that. Good. <laughs> But um, she has, however, picked up the fact that I have Hashimoto's. I have an autoimmune condition. Oh. 
can't believe, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, she showed me and explained it all. And, and I, I sent my blood test to Michelle and I didn't say what the diagnosis was. I said, this is how it's come back. And she said, oh, you've got Hashimoto. Um, yeah. That had so to hit the- you like, <laughs> like a brick because here well, you have been doing everything right for at least seven years. Plus you yes. work out, plus all of this. It's like, I know. Uh, had I know. to be devastating blow. I mean, it's one thing if you're sitting around eating potato chips and, you know, <laughs> watching TV and et cetera, but that's not what well, you've been doing. I, it, so this was only a couple of days ago. So I've gone through a lot in my head and I think, you know, I know why I, I've got it and, and I have had it, I think, since my early 20s. Um, and I think had um, I not done, I'm so, so glad I had did what I did at 40 because, um, it means, as I said, these are mild, very mild symptoms mm-hmm. for me. But what we know with autoimmune is if left untreated, they will get worse over time. Right. Um, and it can flow on to other issues. Oh, and yeah. I think, yeah. So looking back, I know that. So I had a very, I had a, actually, what I didn't know was an autoimmune attack, but I had one when I was 21. So I got really sick when I was traveling. And I ended up, my body ended up breaking down. I had um, reactive arthritis all through my body and I write in my eyes. I couldn't see for about a week, um, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And took a couple of years. And, you know, as Michelle said to me, you know, that's autoimmune, right? And I said, yeah, I, I didn't know then. And, but and I only really realized it now wow. that that's what that was. And then of course I've had five children, um, four cesareans. My poor thyroid has probably been, <laughs> struggling for a very long time but because I'm now so healthy and metabolically well it's you know it's it's in minor symptoms you know really but I think what's happened is starting this carnivore and now I know what's happened and now I know why my guts are going what bit you know and Michelle said that's a sign that you know your guts haven't been as good as you thought really you know you probably have had some um and and that's what's going to take me a little while now you know to really I'm not a detailed person I'm such a big person picture person Amber and this is this is quite confronting for me now because I'm going to have to go down a certain path where I do have to really eliminate a whole lot of stuff um it's just a new path now it's a new journey but I'm really I'm you know very excited about what I'm going to learn and what I can share and hopefully help others as well because I I know that so much of this is undiagnosed. I think my mother has probably had it her whole life and she's never been diagnosed with it. So, you know, I think we just, we just accept, we're just told that this is normal. There's nothing we can do here. Have this pill and off you go. Yeah. Well, it's just not how it should be. And, and, you know, the fact that these tests are so expensive and that you have to go to someone to pay a whole lot of money to get them done. It's outrageous. It wouldn't happen if it was a men's issue. It just wouldn't happen. So I'm very passionate about, you know, well, I've been sent down this path now. I'm going to make the most of it and I'm going to do what I can to help others. You know what? I love that attitude. That is like, Oh my God, that is like the best attitude ever because here you are slammed with something and you've only had a few days to process this and you're already looking at it and going, okay, all right, this is my path. I don't have a choice, but 
I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to help others so they don't have to deal with the bad part of it before it gets too bad. And, and that's awesome. And I, I think that's, you know, a really big message for people too, is that things happen. You evolve, your body changes. And what worked for you yesterday may not work for you today. And I am finding that out too, because I am in menopause. So yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, 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 I don't have the indicators to be able to actually tell, but um, I, I'm, and I'm working with Michelle's partner, Dr. Jay Wrigley. And so he's helping me, you know, kind of uh, balance my hormones. But the point is, <laughs> that's okay. Things change and you have to accept it and change with it. And that's okay. That's okay. Because we should always continue to evolve, but you put a positive spin on it. And then you're looking to be able to use that to help others. I love that. That is the best. Well, I think that's the, that's the, everyone has that possibility, you know, to see it too. So I think what happens is, you know, again, understanding what would generally happen when something we're confronted with something or something changes in our life or, you know, something happens that we don't expect, you know, we actually have a huge ability to be resilient and go with it and change and evolve. But what we tend to do is look longingly, longingly at the door that's just been shutting our face. So, you know, we, we look at it, we, oh, you know, we will lament. We, we stay in that. I wish this wasn't happening. I, you know, what have I, you know, yeah. blah, blah, whatever it is, you know, and so we sit there staring at it instead of saying, okay, well, that door's now there. Uh, uh, we need to open. I need to see something in you and open a new path. And, you know, again, our wisdom and our, you know, our creation will guide us to what we want to need to see down there. So I haven't thought very much beyond, you know, it is, it's very easy to get overwhelmed because I'll tell you with what I've been told over the last couple of days, I, I, I kind of think, you know, for most people, they would be like, this is impossible, you know, but because I'm so far down the track and I think I've seen, you know, the potential that we do have to adapt, we do have to change, mm. we have to, if we want, well, you we don't have to do anything, but if we want to be a vibrant and healthy and I want to be here for my kids and be a grandmother and, mm -hmm. you know, watch them grow up. And I don't want them looking after me because I'm debilitated and can't look after myself. You know, I want to ultimately talking to Dr. Ben Bickman yesterday on my podcast. What an amazing. That's so exciting. <laughs> oh, he's so lovely. But he's like, you know, Tracy, we, we want to just go like that. Basically, you know, we should just go very, very quickly. Medicine, it has uh, the huge capacity to prolong life, but it doesn't, it can't fix metabolic health. It can't fix these illnesses. It prolongs it. So you're, you're just, you know, and dragging right. it out. The quality isn't there. I don't want that. And I'm yeah. very, very strong on my, that's my why. And that drives me every day to the choices. So if I've got to give up my cream and my coffee and my dairy, which I love, mm -hmm. um, I've got to give up eggs. You know, I've got to give up a lot of things. I'm basically now for the next month going to be just on steak or fish or mm. lamb. Mm. That's it. I mean, I've got two choices. I can either go, oh, that's too hard. I can't, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to ignore it and I'm going to keep, you know, doing what I want to do. Or I can say, you know what, you'll be fine. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yes, it requires change yes it requires time to sit down and plan things especially with my kids and family and eating you know fueling my i've got 
family of seven to be. So we've always got choices. Yes. And, it, and it is, you know, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. This is what I say to my clients all yes. the time. It's not your fault. You are where yes. you are, but it is your responsibility to take you where you want to be. I can light up the path. People can light up your path, but you, nobody can take those steps except for you. I love that. Yes, yes. And, and that is so true. And, you know, like, like, I just recently found out that my dog is diabetic. So I am now having to give mm. my dog insulin shots twice a day. She's mm. already on a thyroid pill, okay? So, yeah. and, and it's because of the crap dog food that I thought, yeah. I, I, we, we would read the ingredients and we would find the best we can. And we thought, oh, okay, this is the good, you know, and it says healthy. It's good, but uh, you know, they need this, the vegetables, eh, all this kind of stuff. And so that's what we did. And we were actually in the process of uh, transitioning them to uh, my, both my dogs to a raw diet and mm -hmm. it was too late. And, and my diabetic dog within three days of us first noticing some weird things happening, she totally blind. Yeah. So my passion now is to educate people. Number diabetes is a huge thing to me. Um, number one, I was pre-diabetic and mo, um, a big chunk of my family is, is type two diabetics. Okay. And just bad stuff. And so for me, that's a passion because there is no reason for that. None. The, that is something that is completely controllable for most people. I, I, there's always going to be exceptions and I'm not talking type one, I'm talking type two and mm -hmm. you know, animals too. I mean, that is ridiculous. There's, there's no reason for that. And so, you know, people need to know that. So you got to take something tragic and it's tragic. I mean, it's devastating watching it. It's devastating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, watching her run into walls and, you know, and, and to think that I'm the cause, but like you said, it's really not our fault because we put our trust into, you know, like the government guidelines, like what the, you know, it's pet food. So obviously it's supposed to be good for pets. You knew the China stuff, you know, some of the, the contaminants and stuff. Okay, sure. That happens. Okay. So you can kind of think that away, but you don't really realize just how much damage. And I think, you know, we need to speak out more about that. So you can better believe I'll be talking a lot more about diabetes and mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, people or animals. So yeah, well, I, I'm super sorry to hear that, you know, that's what you found out, but I was talking to Nisha Salisbury, uh, matter of fact, yesterday, and um, she has Hashimoto's. And so yep. we talked about that. And there are a lot of people, like you said, who go undiagnosed because they don't have those very specific tests. So it's not until a whole bunch of other crap happens before it comes to light. And then, and then it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe you do. Now let's test for it. Oh, yeah, you do. Well, whoop-de-doo, thank you. I mean, you know, that was not helpful. So, you know, I, I'm glad that you're already in a good place to begin with because you've already dealt with a lot of stuff. And, you know, now you know, now you know. So. Yeah, and if you think about that combined with the fact that most people are walking around with insulin resistance and they don't know yes, their bodies. And, yes, yes, You know, so we're just these, you know, ticking time bombs walking around that, yes. you know, I, I just think so the women that have this, they have no idea they have that insulin resistance as well. Mm -hmm. Now that is a massive part. It's all possible, you know. There's, there's all, you know, things that we can do about it. But number one, you've got to be 
you know, you've got to go to a doctor that actually does the right test in the first place and tells you. And then he's actually interested in, in dealing with root cause, not just masking the symptoms. Right. Because it's what might happens with most people with all this stuff. So they get a, they get a pill for this, a pill for that, a pill for yep. that, a pill for that. And then of course they're depressed and feel crap. So they get a pill for that as well. Yep. Polypharmacy is just, that is what medicine is. That's, that's what they are certainly here in Australia. Acute problems, they are stunning. I mean, we have fantastic hospitals. If I break my leg, I don't want to be anywhere else. And the fact that we have Medicare, I mean, it's free for us. We're very lucky from that. But chronic, long-term diseases, mm. we are crap at that. Crap at that. And unfortunately, wow. we have to have take the responsibility ourselves to get the right answers. But there, like you said, there's so many people who don't know. So if you yeah. don't know to look for this or, or to understand, and, and this is a question I was going to ask you. I'm, I'm sure you hear people all the time that they're like, oh, well, I eat a, 20 bananas a day or I eat cereal and Pop-Tarts and it hasn't done anything to me. I'm healthy. Look at me. I'm healthy. Mm. What do you have mm. to say about that? Yeah. Well, that's interesting because actually um, my father falls into that category. So my father is 79 uh, and he's a bean pole. He did, he does have a bit of an insulin belly, but he's had all these, you know, I've sent him off to a low carb doctors to get all the right blood tests. And he has a genetic insulin sensitivity because he's, he's actually fantastic. Nice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but he is very rare. And I think, for him, that is, that is a genetic component. But it's also the fact that my father never sits still. He walks everywhere. He's mentally active. He's physically active. He always has been. And I think that's for him has been very protective. But for most people, and even for my father, this is what concerns me. This is what I was talking to Ben Bickman about yesterday, that insulin resistance, it doesn't affect the whole body. And it starts you know, where there's no rhyme or reason necessarily where it might start. Now, it might start for a young girl in their, in their teens in the ovaries with PCOS. Or it might start for a young woman in the breast, you know, with our breast cells, the fat cells in the breast become insulin resistant. So we end up with breast cancer, you know, or it might, for, you know, for someone like, look, what worries is my, my, my father, it might play out in the brain. Mm. So there might be, um, you know, you increasing your risk of dementia and those types mm. of things. There is no doubt that insulin resistance is the precursor to all these modern diseases. Now, as we said, you can either spend, you know, 20, 30 years prolonging all that on a myriad of pills, trying, you know, or you can prevent it in the first place by knowing what we know. Well, what increases insulin the most, what throws it out the most? Blood sugar, too many carbs in the diet. So, you know... I just don't think, you know, I think everybody would do well on a low carb diet. Everybody. And I don't think people that don't do well, I don't think they've done it right. And they're not, they haven't dealt with this stuff. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, overall, it is the diet that we've evolved to eat. And, you know, yeah, I, I just think, I, I think it's going to play out somewhere. That's why I say, even with my father, it's playing out somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, um, 
See, that's what I keep saying. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, yeah, you may think you're okay, but there are other things that are going on in your body that you just come to accept as being normal or part of aging or whatever when it's really not. But you've just learned to live with it. So you think it's normal. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm healthy. I'm fine. And then I've also heard um, somebody say, I'm only on two medications, uh, statin and uh, blood pressure only on two that is what is considered normal now mm. Mm. that I breaks know. my heart Sorry. because you know once your eyes are open you can't close them again and That's you know right. i probably would have thought that too that oh it's just part of aging you get on medication that's just the way it's going to be you're going to you know have these aches you're going to have arthritis you're going to have this that and the other and now i'm like no bs no i don't have to go down that path you know i'm not saying mm -hmm. i won't get these things but i'm going to darn sure do everything i can to not I'm not going to just right. go, oh, I'm not showing it right now, so I'm going to continue my behavior, you know. <laughs> See, that's these but, little conversations that we tell ourselves. We can justify anything, mm, uh, we, yeah. and we do. That's part of being human. Yes. That's human nature. It's how it works. But we can see all beyond. We've got to see beyond that as well. And, um, yeah, uh, I think uh, there's just so much potential for people to see new stuff and, and to see things differently and, you know, health is everything. We take it, it for granted till we don't have mm. it anymore. Mm. And you just have to watch one person die of dementia to know mm. that you would do anything mm -hmm. that you needed to do to prevent not only you going through that, but your family having to deal with you not knowing them anymore. You know, like there's just the flow and effect is enormous. So, if it's remotely preventable, why wouldn't we do it? Yeah. And, and that is a shame. That is a big question. But so many mm. people, like I've even heard people say things like, uh, where, where you'll say, well, is it worth having that piece of cake and losing a toe, a foot, whatever? Um, yeah, that's fine. They can take it. Yeah. That is beyond my comprehension, but this is not uncommon. For, for diabetic people to say, say these kind of things or, um, well, I'm just going to eat the cake, but I'll just, you know, double up on my insulin or whatever. Mm. Oh my gosh. Do you know what you're doing to your body? Um, guessing you don't because yeah. Okay. That may take care of the problem for a little while, but the, the constant insulin, you know, is going to backfire on you. It's like, you know, right. you don't want to do that. It's not worth right. it. It's just not. No, it's not. And it's interesting because a lot of my, my contacts here are low-carb GPs and, yeah, they'll get the patients. Majority of the time, I don't want to do that. Just give me the pill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but when you, you know, I, I look, I feel so much compassion for those people because mm. they are fearful. They are too afraid of the change and of all mm. the, as I said, all the other stuff that we, but we can see it's so changeable. It's yes. all that stuff is changeable. Yes. But no, unless they're willing to look in that direction. Yeah. You know. well, yeah, exactly. You can lead, <laughs> lead them, to, but you can't make them. Yeah. And, and it, but it's very heartbreaking because you're like, I think I, I could really help you here, but no. you know, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. sad. And, and, you know, I don't think people really totally understand the whole health is wealth thing. 
I'll, I'll promise you I didn't because when I was younger, even <laughs> just up to three years ago, I was all about, oh, it was all about weight loss. It's about the aesthetics. It's about looking good. And, yes. you know, health, I don't care about that. I'll worry about that later. That is not my goal. I want to look good in my clothes. Okay. I want to be hot. I want to wear a bikini, whatever. And it, it, I, I just kind of pushed the whole health thing out like it was a ridiculous whatever. Only old people worry about that. Well, mm. now that I've come out on the other side, I'm like, people, health is everything. You apparently don't know what health feels like <laughs> because mm. until, you know, being unhealthy and then finding real health is, is just this eye opening wow kind of thing. And, <laughs> you know, and I would have said the same thing though. So, you know, health, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But, that's, that's right. I think you're lucky if you see it before you actually get diagnosed with, yes. with something. You know, even just this little thing that's happened to me for the in the last couple of days, you know, it, it's going to change completely the way I, I see things. I mean, I am very much about health, but don't worry, I want to look good too. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, that's important to me as well. But the health now, that's 100% my number one priority. And, you know, I think every, every little experience you have will change you some in some way. And, Yes. Um, yeah, I think people are lucky if they do see it before they do get yeah. you know, a diagnosis. So. But like what you said, it, it for me, it took a big old health scare. A lot of health, yeah. health scares clustered into a very short period of time to wake yeah. me up. And, yeah. you know, but it took me a little while to figure out really the right way to do it because I thought I was doing it the right way. So, you know, but yeah, there's all that. But, you know, <laughs> once, once you know, you know. Indeed. Yeah, it's crazy. Let me check the time. Can you hear me? Because my earbuds are gone. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Um, well, actually, uh, our time is, is pretty much up. But if you could uh, give us one more uh, little, what, what would you tell somebody, a, a piece of advice that you would tell somebody who is maybe struggling with their health or maybe has some psychological things going on? Is there a piece of advice that you could give them? Yeah, you can hear me okay? Yes. Yes. Um, I think always hold on to hope. Never lose hope. But I think you need to confront the uncomfortable feelings and just know that you will be okay. I think um, change is never easy. It's not meant to be easy. And it will always feel uncomfortable. But knowing that and knowing that you're still okay and that you will get through it is a really big thing. And it was... It opens up a lot of doors. So I think just knowing that and then taking one step, that's all you have to take. We're so conditioned into thinking we have to run a marathon in a day. We don't. We need to just take one step, let that sit, let, you know, get comfortable with that. And then you take another step. Now, you know, I think mentally don't do that as well. Like mentally don't run a marathon. Don't think too far ahead. Try and just focus on today and you know I, I, the biggest practical advice I give people is start with breakfast start with that first meal start looking at making that real food and see how you feel after that as opposed to eating the cereal or anything like that you know one little change can have a massive flow on effect so
That's perfect. I, I love that advice. And, and that is something that I kind of learned in my uh, precision nutrition certification. And uh, it is true, though. It's those little steps and, you know, little changes and they add up to big changes. And people do get very overwhelmed by thinking, oh, I have to go from A to B, bam. And also with that elusive finish line. I think once we get rid of worrying about the stupid finish line and understanding that this is ever evolving and changing and, and improving as we go along and changes our body changes, it, it alleviates that pressure that, yeah. oh my gosh, I have to finish this because there's not, yeah. there's not a finish line. And that's no. what I tell my clients is like, just get rid of the finish line. Just get rid of that. Just don't worry about that because there's no reason stressing over that because there's not one. It's, it's and what are you going to do? That's the whole diet mentality too. You yes. know? Are you going to do it for 30 days? And then what are you going to do? You yes. know, it's, it's, it is a, I agree. I think that's fantastic. There's no finish line. It's going to evolve for the rest of your life. I mean, I'm a perfect example of that now. And, and I, am I not, you know, like mm -hmm. there's no finish line, you know, things are going yep. to always come up, you know, like you can, you can, you can eat really, you know, change your diet of 50 or 45, but what I've done up to that point, that's going to have some effect, yes. you know, like there's just, yeah, I think just be, yeah, be curious and continue to want to learn and never, the minute we think we know everything, we're close to learning anything new. So I think we just, just stay curious and yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's something that I've had to learn as I've, you know, kind of grown too, because I had that mentality, you know, where it's like me, but yeah. yeah well, Tracy, uh, it has been a blast talking with you, my friend down under. <laughs> I just love that. It's so fun. Um, and, and thank you so much for joining me and I appreciate everything you do and uh, I can't wait to hear about more of your carnivore journey. <laughs> and y'all subscribe while you're here. Hit that little notification button and also follow Tracy. She has a podcast. Um, check out her summit. I'll have it below too. I'll have all her stuff below, but check her out. She is an amazing lady. Um, you'll love her. And isn't her accent? I mean, you know, come on, if you're from the U.S., I mean, who doesn't love an Australian accent? Come on. <laughs> so check her out. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you, darling. It was lovely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye.